Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Sure, this will probably end up being another in a long line of emotionally crippling misadventures, but let's try and have some fun along the way. Brian K. Vaughn. So I broke my collarbone trying to show off in front of my brother and sister snowboarding. And in reality, I thought I was going off a jump. I wasn't even going off a jump. I went off the side of a tabletop. So I can't even say I went off a jump. I, I went off the side of a tabletop and there wasn't enough snow and I flew out of control and I landed on my collarbone and I broke it. So I was out of work for, for eight weeks because I, like I said, I'm a firefighter and you can't work with a, collar, a broken collarbone. So I was like, well, shoot, what do I do for eight weeks? So I bought this huge fanny pack and I just I just hiked everywhere. So my arm was in a sling and I'm just hiking with this huge fanny pack. Um, and I, I was hiking the south um, uh, fork of the Ho River. And um, there was a recent posting about a cougar that was sighted in the area. So I'm like, man, like this would be the time to run into a cougar because you know my arm's in a sling. I can't really do anything to defend myself. Um, and so I was, that was on my mind and I was like pre pretty preoccupied with that. And I just like bent down to take a crap and I was thinking about the cougar and I stepped back and I totally stepped in my own shit. It was awesome. I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck.
Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Muir Pod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultra light. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a self-described extreme solo backpacker and outdoor comedy writer, Monda. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Monda. And I know it's a last name. Am I pronouncing that correctly or is it Monday? Uh, it is Monda. Yeah, I just go by my last name. It's cooler than my first name. Okay. You get kind of like, uh, uh, well, I guess I'm thinking of the one name celebrities. They're all first names, you know, uh, Cher. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And Bono. I can't let oh, no, Bono. That yeah. won't be cool anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are not going with the first name then. Do you have a trail name? Uh, yeah, it's Nutcrusher. Nutcrusher. Oh, I can't wait to hear the story behind this one. Oh, yeah. I might need a few beers before I tell you that one. <laughs> Is that top secret? No, it's not. I'm just kidding. I just need to start drinking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I think you're driving right now, so that probably wouldn't wouldn't work out. Yeah, that's probably not a good thing. I'll stick to my coffee. How's that? Okay. And you've got a great Instagram handle. 
Hey, thanks. Yeah, I just, I really want to, are we allowed to swear on here, by the way? We, we are. It's very easy to put the little explicit E on the, uh, on the episode. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just, I have an Instagram and I just want people to be inspired to get outside and, and I don't know, I, I post a lot of like weird pictures of my face and I'm never trying to look attractive. I just want people to like see the outdoors for what it is and realize that, you know, you get super dirty and it's really, and it's really difficult at times. And it's, it's a lot of, it's about the suffering and that's, that's part of the fun. Yeah. And, and do you want to share what your Instagram handle is? Oh yeah. It's get, uh, well, it's get the fuck outside, but the, it's actually get under slash the under slash F under slash outside. Very good. Strong message. Good message. Thanks. <laughs> hey, have you listened to any episodes of the John Prickamere pod? Uh, I haven't. I have been out in the woods uh, mostly since you and I uh, talked about doing this. So I haven't had the opportunity, although I, I need to because it sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks. And the only reason I ask is because we have a regular segment that we do called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week, and that comes at the end of the episode. I will turn to you and I will say, Nut Crusher, what is uh, your bit of wisdom uh, or an insight that you can share with our listeners that's going to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Okay, deal. So another feature we do is the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Outdoor Vitals. And the way it works is this. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear that you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that piece of gear, even better. So Nut Crusher, what's your Nut must Crusher, bring? Your must bring piece of gear piece of gear oh it's a big agnes fly creek ultralight tent it's uh it's super light it'll stand up in any wind and rain i've had it in, in a cyclone actually um in uh new zealand and it holds up really really well um it's you can get the two man it can be super spacious uh, I actually had a skunk one time try to get into it because um, I had some crumbs left over in my tent and it wasn't able to get in. I think it's because I scared it too. But either way, that tent's been fucking awesome and I, I can't recommend it anymore. Nice. And when you scared the skunk, did it spray? It didn't spray. So I went like T-Rex mode. I just froze and I was staring at it. And we had this staring contest, which is the most ridiculous staring contest I've ever had in my life. But I'm actually pretty good at them. And I outstared him and he and he like turned around and walked away. <laughs> Nice T-Rex mode. I love it. What is, uh, what, what's your, what's your base weight usually when you go out on, on long hikes? Well, typically it's around like 14, but I get down as, as for the most part. So I cold soak all my meals. So I don't have to worry about bringing fuel, uh, which is really nice. Um, and then I can also with cold soaking, it gives me the opportunity to start basically cooking my food before I get to camp. And by the time I get to camp, my food's ready to go while everyone else is pulling out their stoves and I'm like already eating. It's great. It makes me super popular because everyone's jealous of my food. Nice. I, you know, I've recently made the tr transition to cold soaking. So I've got a trip uh, coming up uh, later this week, 125 miles out in the, out in the Sierras. And I've, I did my prep this morning, all my, all my uh, cold soak meals. And so I'm ready oh, to go. Yeah. Where are you going? I'm going to do the Southern half of the JMT. Oh man. I just did that in the winter actually. Really? Yeah, well, I, I did it in May. Um, so we actually, I got caught in three snowstorms um, while I was going over Forrester um, and going over uh, the Mirror Pass and Kearsarge Pass. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, but you just have to keep moving. If you stop, you die. So you just keep moving. <laughs>
That's right. That's right. I've never been over Forrester Pass in good weather. It's always been stormy. Oh, yeah. It's it's you know that those are her terms. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be cold. And that those are the terms for to get over it. Exactly. Exactly. And he broke up a little bit when you're talking about your base weight. Did you say 14 pounds? Yeah, 14. 14 pounds. Okay, got it. And I want to go back just a little bit because I introduced you as a an outdoor comedy writer. What, what's, that, what's that all about? Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm writing a book. Um, I actually, I used to write trip reports online for a couple different websites. And I started to get a fan base um, just because I, I kind of write about, I'm just like very genuine in my writing. Like I'll talk about times that I've stepped in my own poop. And I'm like, I'm just not trying to sugarcoat it at all. And um, so I got kind of a following there. So that's why I started the Instagram and um, to kind of be a foundation for, um, to be able to get my book out there. So I actually, I'm almost done writing it. Um, then I'm going to try to sell it uh, to a traditional publisher, which only 1% of books get sold to traditional publishers. But I figure other people are doing it. So why not me? Who doesn't want to read about talking in your, or stepping in your own poop? Exactly. I mean, that is a, that's a, a quite a moment to start the day. Yeah, right. Sometimes you're just a step away from a great day. <laughs> hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit and talk about your background growing up and how you got involved in outdoor adventure. Oh, sure. Yeah. So my dad was a solo backpacker when I was a kid and my mom would always tell us, she'd be like, Oh, one of these days, your dad isn't going to come home. And I don't know why you'd ever say that to a child, but that's my mom for you. Um, so I didn't understand it as a kid. I was like, why the fuck doesn't he want to just like, like chase me up another tree. I'm not supposed to climb or, you know, take you to the ER for the 10th time for doing something stupid. Um, I didn't understand, but he started taking me backpacking when I was a kid and I, and I started to fall in love with it. And then one day in my twenties, he couldn't come with me. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just go out on my own. And I fell in love with the idea of being self-reliant and, um, you know, not relying on anybody else. If something goes wrong, like you're it, you got to figure it out. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. It felt really empowering to me. Plus backpacking, it just simplifies life. You only have so many things with you and all you have to do is eat, sleep, poop, and, and walk. Um, so, uh, that's right. And if you do that enough, if you do that enough times, you can go from Mexico to Canada, go from Mexico to Canada. Yeah. And, you know, easily do 30 mile days. You just gotta, you know, get up early and walk all day. Um, so I started soloing when I was in my twenties. Um, and then I became a career firefighter, uh, which allows me a lot of time off. Um, we only work, um, we work 24 hour shifts. We work like eight to 11 days a month. Um, so I have tons of time to go backpacking. So that's really all I do anymore is I, um, I go to work and then I get off work and I leave for big chunks of a time and I come back and all the guys are like, you're alive. And I'm like, yay. Okay. I'm going out again. Bye. <laughs> nice. Now I always like to explore that moment with hikers when they first found out that there was a trail that exists from Mexico to Canada. Do you remember that moment that you learned about that? And what, what did you think? Um, I remember the first PCT hikers that I ever talked to. Um, I, I, I don't remember the exact moment I heard about the trail, but I, I was talking to these PCT hikers and I just thought they were like celebrities. I couldn't believe they were talking to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like these dirt bags, they're, they're so cool. It's like being like homeless chic. And, um, and I just like taught, they just talked to me a bunch about their, their trip and the crazy things they'd seen. And I was just so inspired. Um, it's a thing where like, I would love to, to through hike the whole thing, but I just, I'm so passionate about my job. I'm not willing to quit my job and take that kind of time off. So I just section hike the PCT and like 
200 to 400 mile chunks, like I actually leave the day after tomorrow and me and my buddy are doing almost uh, the, the entirety of Oregon. So long as we don't get burnt over by, you know, a fire. <laughs> yeah. If you do run into that fire, I mean, you've got the skill set to handle that. Hey, right. Yeah. Um, actually, I forgot to mention also, um, I joined a search and rescue team. Um, so I'm on Olympic mountain rescue as well. So that kind of just adds to the toolbox of things um, out in the woods and just another re another, it kind of marries my interests with rescue and hiking. It's like, Oh, I can do both of these things. And it's considered volunteering. Like, awesome. Like I'm just doing this for fun, but I, I get to help people out of it. Great. And are you currently on the way back from a rescue mission? Uh, I am not. I, uh, I actually just got off work this morning. We didn't really sleep, so I'm a little bit delirious. So if I say something weird, just blame it on the lack of sleep. You know, delirious guests always make for a great podcast episode. Oh, excellent. We'll get along great. <laughs> hey, where is your base of operations? Where do you call home? Uh, I live in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Got it. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, yep. dri driving back from work, delirious. Check, check, yep. and check. <laughs> okay, so which sections of the PCT have you have you uh, finished? Oh, so I've done um, from Mexico all the way to Truckee, California, and then I've done all of Washington, but about seventy miles that are kind of dispersed. There's like three different chunks I need to do, um, and then I have um, so I have from Truckee all the way to um, Washington that I need to finish. So. Hopefully this month we'll knock out like 450 miles in the next three weeks, doing like 20 to 30 mile days, something like that. And Truckee to Washington, is that about 650 miles, 700 miles? Um, I think it's around, um, it's more than that. I'm thinking, you know, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like it's like 800 to a thousand because Oregon's like 450 and I think I had like 600 or something left in California, but it could be 300. Like I said, I'm kind of delirious right now. Let's just say 300 to make myself feel better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I forget. California is a very long state. Oh, it's such a beast. Yeah. And the, the terrain is just so dynamic. It's just, you know, you're going through the super hot desert. And then like in that same trip in May, like I was in the desert, like just like sweating my balls off. And then we're hiking through like a snowstorm where I'm freezing my balls off. And I don't even have balls. So I don't even know how this is possible, but yet it's happening. Like I said, you just have to just keep one foot in front of the other. Just keep walking. Your favorite part of the PCT so far? Oh, um, the John Muir Trail at 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, just like super sparkly lakes set in granite. It's, it's like a water park on the moon. It's unbelievable. Oh, I like that. A water park on the moon. That's an excellent description. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it really, it, I, I don't feel like it's something creative I came up with. It must've came to me while I was there. It's just that whole area is so magical. It's like God's country. Yes. And I know that hikers on the PCT talk about the Sierras daily until they get there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's talk of like, okay, well, like how much snow is going to be in the Sierras? How long do we want to spend in the Sierras? I'm so grateful we're going to be in the Sierras soon. So I don't have to carry six fucking liters of water with me all the time in the desert. <laughs> and I'm not like worried about rattlesnakes all the time. And I think a lot of people are really relieved when they get to the Sierras because they don't have to be in the desert anymore because the desert is just so relentless and unforgiving. It's super hot. There's long, really boring stretches with no water. Um, but I kind of fell in love with it. You know, I really like a good like suffer fest. I really like a good challenge. And 
um, you know, you had, you're carrying like six liters of water sometimes. So that's like 13 pounds of water and, you know, eight days of food. So your pack is pretty heavy. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Like all the different flora and fauna. It's just so different from Washington. But like I said, the Sierras will always have like the main home in my heart. They're just beautiful, stunning. Yes. And did you get gather any material for your book on the desert section of the high Sierras? I did. Yeah. So I did, um, last October I did, um, oh, where did I start? I went from Agua Dulce to, um, uh, kind of to Tehachapi and I didn't see any hikers until the very last day. So it was six days in until I saw another hiker. It was totally wild. Um, there was nobody out there. Um, it was, it was like apocalyptic. It was like, and, and nobody was posting about water. So I had no idea where my next water was. I'm like, okay, well, I better eat good food. Cause I'm just going to be drinking my pee out here. Like I, uh, at one point I had two and a half liters of water and I had 48 miles to go. And I had no idea if the water was going to be there. Wow. That is sketchy. It was, yeah, it was super sketchy. It was one of those moments where I was like, what am I doing out here? Like, why don't I just like stay home with a boyfriend and watch Netflix? And then I remember I don't have Netflix or a boyfriend. So that's why I do these things. <laughs> and I have to ask, if you have to drink your own pee, what is the best food to eat ahead of time? You know, I've never done it, but I feel like mango tea would be pretty good. Mango pee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ho hopefully, All right. It hopefully it won't come to that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But it, but if it does, you know, just me, make me that much more hardcore. I don't think people will fuck with me if they know I drink my pee. No, in fact, I think that should be a patch on the backpack. It should be a patch. It should be a yellow patch. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, I was following you on Instagram and some of your posts recently, and I saw a crazy video that you posted with a couple of grizzly bears. Yeah, that was wild. So I, I actually, I st when I started hiking, I planned all my backpacks around uh, where I would see bears. Cause I just, I just love bears. I just think they're so interesting and beautiful creatures. So I love to go to areas where I can observe them. And it's always been black bears in Washington. Um, so I've always wanted to see grizzlies. And finally I was like, you know what? Like I have four days where I'm not going to do anything. You know, typically people go to Alaska and play on like three weeks or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm just going to fly up for four days. Um, and uh, so I flew up there and then I drove to Homer and got on a bush plane and went to Lake Clark National Park. Now they have a ton of coastal brown bears there, which is a, um, it is a grizzly bear, but it's a bigger grizzly bear. Um, they, um, and they're within, I think it's 70 miles of the coastline to be considered a coastal brown bear. Um, so they're a lot bigger than regular grizzlies, but they're a lot less aggressive typically because they have so much food because they're always clamming. So they don't have to fight as much for food. Um, so we, um, they, in the national park, they don't allow any hunting. So the bears, like they, they're not, they don't associate humans with violence. So you can just walk around and they, it just, they just like regard you as a seagull. Basically, they don't give a shit about you. Uh, so there's t actually a decent amount of guided groups out there. We were all walking around on the Kenai Peninsula, um, just wa watching these bears. And one of the, the bush planes took off and it scared uh, two of these bears. And they started, they took off running. I don't know if they had beef before, if like one of these bears tried to like steal the other guy's man or something, but they started chasing after each other and they ended up turning and running right towards us. Uh, and ended up about 50 feet away from us and just started fighting each other. And it was one of the fucking coolest experiences I've ever had. And the, it kind of blew up on the internet. It made national news. 
Um, and it's mostly just tons of comments like, oh, they're fighting over who's going to eat her first. What an idiot. Ah, what a dumb bitch. And like, they just didn't understand that like these bears here, like they don't, they've never ever had a human with, or, or issues with any humans there before. That's not to say that they won't, but it's a risk versus benefit analysis. Like that was like one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And you know, if I go out and I get eaten by a bear, like I'm in their home and that's a risk that I take. So I don't really, I don't really give a shit what people think about that. Yeah, you kind of stood your ground there. I mean, many people would have dropped their phone and run for the hills. Oh, no, I actually like kind of pushed the guide out of the way at one point because he stood right in front of me. I'm like, get out of here. I'm getting footage. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to love those Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks, uh, people who don't through hike, people who don't have a lot of experience, but they're they're willing to comment on uh, your shortcomings. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, people are just like the Internet is fear based. Everybody has so much fear uh, based like on how like other people are doing cooler shit than me or other people are prettier than me. I'm just going to write on their on their page and talk shit about it and make myself feel better. And really, like they're just making themselves look very insecure, which is unfortunate because the Internet can be a great place for spreading like really cool information about hiking and yeah, videos and stuff. And well, like everybody has an opinion, you know, everybody has an asshole. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you don't need to put mm -hmm. pictures of your asshole on the Internet. <laughs> that's a good tip you can't use that for the pro tip inside of the week sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right and you also did you do crow pass yet uh did i do which pass crow pass crow pass um can you remind me where that is you told me you're gonna do a solo hiking trip hoping to see some bears and moose on a 26 mile hike at crow pass right right i was gonna do crow pass i ended up doing uh resurrection pass instead um so crow pass had a water crossing that looked like it might be a little bit too deep that time of year so i ended up going to resurrection pass instead so that was a a 40 mile overnight so i did 15 miles the first day and about 25 the next day um and yeah i went it's an area that's known for having a bunch of grizzlies and wolves and caribou and you know what i didn't see shit i didn't see anything i, I saw like one um what was it a, a grouse so yeah, one of the guys at work was like, well, why don't you bring a gun? Like, aren't you worried about being out there alone? Aren't you afraid? And my coworker is like, well, she's the scariest thing out there. Like, what does she have to fear? Which I thought was pretty funny. So I was like, maybe I just scared all the bears away. You know, it's so funny that expectations really set how your impression of a trip goes. And so if you had not had these expectations to see all this wildlife out there and just, just to experience nature and all its beauty in this trail, uh, you know, it'd have been one thing, but you have these, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to want, I want to see these bears. I want to see the the wolves and everything else. And it doesn't happen. Then it, it kind of colors the, the experience for you. It does. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the best thing to do would be just like not have expectations and just surrender any expectations you have and allow whatever happens to happen. But it's hard when, you know, you, you fly to, like, to a destination specifically to see something, but I was really fortunate to see, I mean, I saw around, 30 grizzlies at Lake Clark National Park. So I, I mean, I really like, I couldn't have asked for more. Nice. Now let, let's go back to the book here, get the F outside. And what is the, can you talk about any of the source material or some of the stories uh, that you're going to be sharing in the book? Let's, let's what people's appetite. So they, they have this on pre-order. Yeah. So, um, so it hasn't been sold yet. So we can't, I mean, uh, ideally, like once I, once we can get pre-order, like I'll post it on my Instagram and stuff, but it actually started off as a book of essays, um, just tons of short stories, like ridiculous short stories, like all these mistakes that I've made. And I sent it to an editor and she's like, you know, Monda, like you are a different species of human 
and and people are going to want to know how you got to where you are so um so now i've made it more of a memoir so i've created an arc in it from like when i was a little kid to when i started solo backpacking um to becoming a firefighter and having all this extra time off to to hike um and then the um all the hikes have followed from that um to recently uh, me and my boyfriend actually broke up and it just made me want to do a lot more like daring things that I'm usually doing. Cause I was like, well, you know what? Like, what do I have to fear anymore? Like I, you know, I, I lost like the person I thought was like my soulmate and that's kind of the scariest thing. So like, I'm just going to go face these other fears that I had. And like, I, I climbed Rainier um, and then the, the grizzly hike and then hiking through the Sierras. Um, when I, at one point I was hiking over Bishop pass by myself and I was in a snowstorm and it was a whiteout. I could hardly see anything at all. Um, I, my GPS wasn't working. It said I was in a different location and it was like, holy shit. Like how, like, how did I get here? How do I end up in these situations? And, um, but I knew like, okay, if it gets that bad, I can just set up my tent and I can just like lay in my tent for days if I have to until this, this subsides. Um, so it's a lot of, um, stories of overcoming fear because fear is just based on the unknown. And, and once it's known, then it's not scary anymore. So I really don't have a lot that I fear outside anymore. Uh, one of the stories revolved around uh, one of my biggest fears was deep water. So I decided this year, I was like, fuck it. I'm not gonna be afraid of this anymore. And I flew to Hawaii and I got certified as a scuba diver. And then I went out in the middle of the ocean and dove with about, it was like 30 sharks, um, no cage. They were just all swimming, you know, some of them within like five feet. Uh, and it was incredible. They're just, they're just curious fish with a bad reputation. Like all this, all this fear comes from movies and the media and it, and it's not real. And it just, I just decided that it didn't suit me anymore. And, uh, the adventures that have come from that have just been incredible. So I wanted to, yeah, have a platform where I could share those. And that's in, in the form of this book. Fantastic. Did you get any picture of those sharks? Uh, I did actually, I have a video of it on my Instagram. Um, it's a little bit further down. It was in February, I think when I posted it. Oh, we've got to check that out. That sounds pretty epic. Oh, it was fucking awesome. It was like a snow globe of teeth. It was so cool. <laughs> so if you're into that. <laughs> you really turn a phrase, a snow globe of teeth. <laughs> well, I've been sitting behind a computer writing for like the last year or so. Hopefully I, hopefully I get up like one or two like good phrases out of it besides just fart and poop jokes. <laughs> yeah. You know, bodily functions, that's a common topic on the trail amongst through hikers. We all have it in common. Why not talk about it? Mm -hmm. And if you step in it, you know, yeah, it really brings people together. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So Nutcrusher, your book, uh, get the F outside. It's based on your experiences out in the wilderness and, uh, the mistakes that you've made and how you've grown from those mistakes. Uh, let, let's go to a, a quick top five list here. What are the top five lessons that you've learned from the trail? And do you have maybe a, a little story behind each? Yeah. Um, so I think number one is getting the right footwear. Uh, I tried, I did, I planned to do a 120 mile backpacking trip through the Pesaten wilderness when I was a lot, I was, I was probably like eight years ago. And I really, I, I still didn't quite know what I was doing. I was still figuring everything out. And, um, and I bought some new socks that I'd never worn that guaranteed no blisters. And I was like, wow, how can they guarantee no blisters? But it says it. So, so it must be true. And I was super broke and I like spent the money on the socks anyway, but I didn't have the right shoes. Um, 
I had shoes that fit me, but typically if you're doing long distance backpacking, you want to have shoes that are a half size, at least too big because your feet swell. So a lot of times that's what caused blisters is your feet swelling. So I didn't know this at the time. And I set off on this 120 mile hike and I got seven blisters on my right foot. And it was so bad. I could barely, I could barely walk. And just imagine like a pre, like a menopausal zombie. Like I'm just like sobbing and trying to walk and just totally fucking miserable, um, way out in the middle of the wilderness. And, um, and they're all there was to do was just continue walking. And I, I eventually, it was like seven, five days in. And I, I, like I said, I could, I could barely walk. And I ended up hitchhiking out to Hearts Pass, which is on the PCT. Um, and I got a ride from this random group of, of people who had just been drinking at the trailhead all day. And we're, we're driving down towards Mazama, which is a really sketchy drive. It's over this big cliff. And I feel like every time I hitchhike, it's over a big cliff. I don't know. It's just like every time I hitchhike, this happens. It, it's like required now. So we're driving along this cliffside and the driver turns around to me and I have no idea if he's been drinking or what. I'm just like happy to get a ride back to my car. And he turns around and he's like, you ever driven over this cliff before? I'm like, no, I haven't. And like, also, I don't know where his Southern accent came from because he was from Washington. It was really weird. It was like right outside of a horror movie. (laughs) So, um, so there was, there was that one, like making sure you have the right foot, the footwear is super important. Like going in, like trying your shoes, trying them on, on hikes beforehand. And once you find a good shoe, I just buy like two or three pairs of them. So I have them around. Uh, Cause a lot of times they get discontinued and then you got to try a new pair. Um, right. I wasn't sure where that story was going. If this was going to be a, a lesson learned about footwear or about hitching or well, hitchhiking is just always yeah. a gamble. You just never know. <laughs> I can't really <laughs> tell you other than don't hitchhike, but for the PCT, you have to hitchhike to get into town. So um yeah, I, I haven't had, I mean, that was like the sketchiest hitchhike that I ever did. Usually it's really great. People are are really nice. And that one was kind of like, oh, am I going to survive if I do this? This will make a great story. Hey, <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Number two, um, putting on your rain gear before. Um, uh, so a lot of times when I'm hiking and it starts to rain a little bit, I'm like, oh, no big deal. It's not raining hard enough to put on my rain gear. Uh, I would suggest like layering up before you need it. Um, so I got caught, I was hiking the T Aurora trail in New Zealand, which is their version of the PCT. And, um, I was just doing this uh, section hiking it. So I looked for the most dangerous, beautiful section cause I'm crazy. Um, and that was the Richmond range. Um, so I was hiking the Richmond range and, um, the news came through that there was supposed to be a cyclone coming through and I'm like, oh, holy shit, like a water tornado. Like, I mean, I live in Washington. Like we have, we have tons of water. I'll be fine. Whatever. And I'm hiking in my, my tank top and I hike in a skirt um, and I was hiking in my skirt and it starts to rain a little bit, but it doesn't seem that big of a deal. And suddenly it's just like monsooning 60 mile an hour winds. I'm on top of a summit and I couldn't pull my, my rain gear out of my bag because it was too windy at this point. The, um, my, uh, uh, rain cover for my pack had already like flown off and I was, I was holding onto it with my teeth. So it looked like my, like my, my bag just like shot off a parachute. It like didn't trust me anymore. It like self-deployed a parachute to save itself for me. Um, it, or it looked like I was like flying a kite with my teeth. It was absurd. It was flying way behind me. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't risk stopping and trying to get into my bag, get my rain gear. Cause it was too windy. And like my shit was going to blow away or like all of my stuff was going to get soaking wet. Um, so I had to just continue hiking over this, um, uh, over this mountain and then uh, I'm trying to go off on my GPS because I don't want to pull my map out either because I don't want it to get like super rained on. 
Um, and um, I guess that's where the second lesson would come in is make sure you have two different ways of uh, navigating. So sometimes even if you can have two GPS, like you have one on your in-reach device and you have one on your phone, um, that's helpful. Um, so I had my my GPS on my phone, but it was raining so hard. Um, I, could, I couldn't really navigate the screen. And at this point, the water was pouring into my eyes and I couldn't even see. So I couldn't even see my GPS. It was, it was one of the more scary situations I've ever been in. Um, and at this point it, it was so foggy. I couldn't see where the trail went. And so, um, this particular trail, it's, it's not even considered a trail. It's considered a route. So a lot of it, there isn't even a trail. You're just following these big orange poles that are put into the ground. And I'm looking for these big orange poles and I can't see anything. So my eyes are totally clouded with water. So that would be maybe a third thing is to wear a hat for the sun and for the rain. Um, but I guess it wouldn't matter at this point. So I wouldn't have been able to get it out of my bag anyway. Um, and, uh, and I just, I had to like stop myself and just like, I have this little mantra when I get like really like when I have anxiety or I'm just like, okay, like it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Like I'm talking to myself like a little baby or something. Um, I had this moment where I just had to like center myself. And then I wiped my eyes and looked up really quick. And I saw this like ghostly image of this orange pole way off in the distance. And that was like my way out. Um, but I, I did have a moment where I was like, man, like I, I should just like curl into some rocks here. And I'm like, no, like this is how people get hypothermia and die. Like this is how, when we do star missions, we don't find people because they end up, you know, hiding in some rocks for shelter and then they freeze to death. Um, so, uh, I, that was one of my more, um, more scary, more scary situations that I got into, but, uh, and a lot of lessons learned on that one, that one experience there. Yeah. You know, like having multiple navigation systems, um, and, um, yeah, layering up, layering up before. Yeah. Cause I really, I really screwed myself on that one. Um, yeah, we're familiar with the TA because we had Elena Osborne on and she talked about her, her experience on the PCT and the TA. And I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but she's, she's pretty incredible. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to look into her. Definitely. Yeah. She goes by tip tap. Oh, tip -tap. okay. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, wait, no, I am following her. Yeah. yeah. I am following tip tap. Yeah. 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 She was, she was a lot of fun to talk to. So we've got, uh, uh, the cyclone. Any, any other moments you can share? Um, let's see. Oh, um, when you, um, when your collarbone is broken, and your arm is in a sling and you're trying to avoid a cougar and you take a shit, make sure you look where you're stepping. Cause even if you're super anxious um, or because you're super anxious, you may not realize where you pooped and then you'll step in your poop. There is a lot going on in that sentence. <laughs> so, I, uh, what, what, tell, tell me about the collarbone. I tell me about the mountain lion and then tell me about, <laughs> about uh, the step. It's just never a dull moment. So I broke my collarbone trying to show off in front of my brother and sister snowboarding. And in reality, I thought I was going off a jump. I wasn't even going off a jump. I went off the side of a tabletop. So I can't even say I went off a jump. I, I went off the side of a tabletop and there wasn't enough snow and I flew out of control and I landed on my collarbone and I broke it. So I was out of work for, for eight weeks because I, like I said, I'm a firefighter and you can't work with a, collar, a broken collarbone. So I was like, well, shoot, what do I do for eight weeks? So I bought this huge fanny pack and I just, I just hiked everywhere. So my arm was in a sling and I'm just hiking with this huge fanny pack. Um, and I, I was hiking the South, um, uh, fork of the Ho river. And, um, there was a recent posting about a cougar that was sighted in the area. So I'm like, man, like this would be the time to run into a cougar because, you know, my arm's in a sling. I can't really do anything to defend myself. 
Um, and so I was, that was on my mind and I was like pre- pretty preoccupied with that. And I just like bent down to take a crap and I was thinking about the cougar and I stepped back and I totally stepped in my own shit. It was awesome. Sometimes you're just a step away from a really great day. Like we said earlier, it, it made my day. It was, it was absolutely hilarious. Yes. I hope you were laughing and not crying at that point. Oh, I was, I was dying. I, yeah, I was laughing. You know, you're either going to laugh or cry about stuff. I usually laugh about it. If I'm crying, it's usually because I'm laughing really hard. Yeah. You have a choice out there. You have a choice. You can laugh or you can cry. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Although I did um, see a cougar coming out of um, the middle fork uh so Kwame river and i-90 um it was at night and uh, i was hiking by myself and it was same kind of similar situation as like well similar but different it was pouring down rain just like a deluge i couldn't see any i could see like 10 feet in front of me with my headlamp and um and my my headlamp hit these two eyes which i'd never seen before i'm like huh that's interesting i've never seen because i've seen a bear eyes at night i've seen raccoons, humans, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, this doesn't look like any, holy shit, that's a cougar. And it was like, I saw it and then it was gone immediately. And, um, and so I, I was ultralight. So I had this little tiny, tiny, tiny knife. I call it my tampon knife because it's super tiny, but it's super penetrating, <laughs> super absorbent. Um, but I didn't really feel very confident with this little tiny knife that could maybe kill a caterpillar. So a lesson from that would be, you know, maybe carry something that could actually you could actually defend yourself with as opposed to, you know, just using to cut salami. Um, I ended up uh, I never saw it again, um, but I did have to pass. I had to pass it and then it was behind me. So I was just singing and screaming. And I mean, I I probably sounded like a I don't know. I I go back to zombie a lot. I probably sounded like a zombie. and this cougar is probably just like, God, what, what's the matter with this girl? Why is she ang- so angry with me? Cause I'm just like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Ah! Like trying to like empower myself. Um, you but said yeah. you were singing. Were you singing that, that actual phrase? Oh, probably. Yeah. I used to, so I was actually an actress and a singer before I became a fireman. So I, I wouldn't put it past me. And an outdoor comedy writer. And a, yeah. Just a, a little bit of everything. So I'm not really good at anything. I just do a lot of things. So when you say I'm going to effing kill you, stay away from me, what 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 tune is that is that sung to? Is it-, it was probably like, I'm going to effing kill you, which is not very intimidating now that I say it out loud. So I'm hoping that it was belting it a little bit louder than that and more aggressively. Uh, that's fantastic. These are these are all great stories. Sign me up to be the first in line when that book comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. And the name might change too, but right now it's uh yeah, it's uh get the F outside. Um, so I feel like that just kind of gets the point of the book across, but yeah, I'll definitely um, let you know once it's sold or if I self publish and, um, and where to buy that. Cause I just really want to, yeah, like inspire other people to um, I mean, just show that, you know, other the average Joe's like me are out doing all these things. You don't have to be some like crazy athlete or, you know, like someone with a huge gun or whatever. Anybody can do this stuff. It's out there for anybody who's willing to, you know, take a little bit of risk and, and suffer. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we covered at least five lessons from the trail. You did a great job there. I want to I want to follow up with a top three of my own. And it's top three phrases from this interview so far. One is water park on the moon. The other <laughs> one is a snow globe of teeth. And the last, my, my favorite, I think is menopausal zombie. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. My brain just kind of throws up words. I don't know what to tell you. I'm a total weirdo. <laughs> hey, Nutcrusher, you know where we are? Uh, no. 
we are at that time of the episode where I turn to you and ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? And you have, I, I will stipulate you have, you have shared a great number of tips already, but do you have one more in the bag for us? Oh yeah, definitely. Bring moist wipes instead of regular toilet paper. Nobody wants to end up with monkey butt. Itchy buttholes are terrible when you're hiking. <laughs> There's another phrase. It's, it's, now, it's now a top four list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it real. You know, that the people, you know, everybody sees hiking on Instagram and they think it's one thing and they get out there and they're like, oh man, this is hard. I'm dirty. Or oh, I have to poop in the woods. Like, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it real. This is what it's like. That's right. There should be a, a Twitter, a Twitter or an Instagram account out there that, that keeps it real. You're not just showing the, the pretty scenery that you take pictures of. I want, I want pictures of that, that step in the poop or, you know, dealing with monkey butt or other well, that, stuff like that. That's, 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 that's what's going on out there. Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, I don't think I took a picture of my poop, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Actually, for you, I would do that. Oh, fantastic. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Nutcrusher. And I'm, I really want to know the story behind that name, but I want to thank her for joining us this week. Nutcrusher, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Oh, sure. Yeah, you guys can find uh, dates and you can follow me on social media at, like I said, uh, it's a get under slash the under slash F under slash outside. And actually, I'll, I'll throw it in there. I got the name from being uh, I had a few beers at a bar and I was throwing a bunch of free peanuts at people. And then they ended up calling me Nutcrusher. But I like to not not tell people. So I think it's more intimidating. Like maybe there's some really scary uh, attack that I was involved in. But we'll just we'll just let everybody think that. But the, the real reason is I was just throwing peanuts at people. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. You introduce yourself on the trail as Nutcrusher and people go, hmm, OK, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give her six feet. <laughs> exactly. Well, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamere at gmail.com. Nutcrusher, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, a documentary, some kind of uh, adventure media out there that's going to keep our listeners connected to the trail. Do you have a, an adventure oh, my media recommendation? Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Touching the Void. Um, it sounds like a porn. It's not. It's a, it's a, it's actually a book. It's based on a book. Uh, it's a, a documentary on two men that went out and did a, um, it's one of the most like terrible mountaineering accidents that's ever happened, but they both survived. And throughout the whole movie, you're like, how could these guys have possibly survived this? One of them, well, I don't want to give it away. Um, but I've seen it probably 20 times and every time I'm super anxious, like it's not going to end the same way. Um, that's, that's the recommendation I would have. It's called touching the void. Yeah, I think I saw that one. Is that when they're coming down, they get separated and one guy falls into a crevasse? Yep. And yep. Yep. That, that, that is just a wild story. Oh, it's insane. Anytime I'm having a bad day, I'm like, you know what? My leg isn't broken and I'm not stuck on a crevasse right now. You know, I'm doing OK. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I only stepped in poop. I'm not in a crevasse. Only stepped in poop once today. I'm doing great. Mary Poopins. <laughs> <laughs> And before we wrap things up, we've got our last segment called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? Oh, oh, man. Um, gosh. Oh, they're so, I don't know. Um, I did just get these amazing new camp shoes that are really exciting. Um, so I got these. Uh, they're like Birkenstocks, but they're made of croc materials. So they couldn't be any more Pacific Northwest. And I feel like I'm just going to have to carry around an ultralight like four by four to beat the men away. Like the husband parade is just going to show up because these things are so awesome. 
<laughs> nice. You have to send us a picture of that so I can put that on the on the Instagram. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah, they're they're banging. They're. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a man parade for sure showing up no they're just they're awesome they're great for uh river crossings and they're like just super light so they're really a nice camp shoe and you can still wear your socks with them for people like Raynaud's disease like i have i have really bad circulation so i can still keep my feet warm and um you know still look trendy and by trendy i mean definitely not look trendy but the more homeless you look on the trail the more people trust you because they're like man that girl has seen shit and i'm like you're goddamn right i have that's right go back to an earlier phrase you said homeless chic homeless chic that's what my friends call me yeah Nice. All right. Well, that is a wrap from the John Freaking Muir studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Nutcrusher? Oh, yeah, man. Shout out to my uh, my mom and dad and um, uh, all the, the people on the, the trail, Green Man, Shepherd, Ignition, um, everyone that's out on the trail right now. Just keep on keeping on. Okay. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've got a broken collarbone, you're in a sling, you're carrying a king size fanny pack, looking out for a mountain lion, and you step <laughs> in your own poop. The trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck. Amen. <laughs>